Okay, it's a real, you know, one of the, the perks of doing this class is it's often dedicated by people that I love in honor or in memory of people that I very much respect. And today is one great example of that. Today's class is dedicated in memory of three, three people, three siblings. Halfon ben Victoria, Alphonse Misri, Alava Shalom. Victoria. That's Pauline, Pauline Dweck, Alea Shalom. Ezra ben Victoria, Eddie Misri, Alava Shalom. All passed away in the last year, dedicated by Alphonse's wife and his children. And as a deal boy growing up, I kind of felt close to all of them. Alphonse and Eddie, we'd see all the time. And our families were close, my parents were close to them. And I really grew up looking up to them. And, and Miss Paulie Dweck, I think she lived next door to my wife when my wife was growing up here in Brooklyn. And my wife had an unbelievable relationship growing up in a house, running around on her porch and treating her almost like she was her aunt. So the relationships that we have with this family and of course with Paulie's children, we're very close to. So it's such an honor for today's class to be dedicated in memory of of Alphonse, Eddie, and Paulie, like I said, because as a kid, I grew up admiring them and respecting them and appreciating them, being close to their children and close to their grandchildren. And they're people that mean a lot to our community and really raised wonderful, wonderful families within our community. So it's a tremendous honor for today's class to be dedicated in their memories. And I hope it's not that Hashem, Hashem gives strength to the Mystery family, because this has been a very, very, very long year. And inshallah, Hashem gives strength and courage. And there's not Hashem a tremendous amount of beracha because you have so much, so much to be proud of and so much to, to be thankful for in terms of the family that you built. So thank you once again. Amen. What we're going to talk about today is a topic that's been developing in the world, I don't know if I would say years, maybe many years, but it's caught on fire in our community in the last month. And I've had a lot of people say, Rabbi, you have to talk about it, you have to talk about it. And finally, I got to the point where I feel like it needs to be discussed. Some of you may be guessing where I'm going, but soon you'll be clear. Our parasha is a double parasha this week, Tazriya Mitzorah. Tazriya Mitzorah talk about both parashiyot are primarily about one topic. And that is about tzara'at, leprosy. How does tzara'at happen? As you know, you've heard it a million times before. A person is a sin usually of speech, of Lashon Hara. And Hashem would send tzara'at, God forbid. And if the tzara'at comes, they put the person, literally this is the origin of quarantine. They put the person in quarantine for a week and they'd wait. And if it didn't grow, they'd wait another week and put another week of quarantine. And then they'd look at it. And then if it did grow, he'd have to leave the camp for a little while, and then eventually, once it started to go away, he would bring a korban. And I'd like to speak about the korban, the sacrifice that was brought. A unique one, not a common one, not one that's brought for everything. He'd bring two tziporim, two birds, and he'd slaughter one bird, and the other bird would live. And then he would take like this little um, package of like, Greens, you take Erez, which is a cedar tree, 
He takes shni tolad ve'ezor, which is like grass, and he tie them together and dip it with the live bird into the blood of the dead bird, and then sprinkle it along to this man who got sarat, and then let the live bird fly away. Does that sound unique to you? Yes? Good. My question is, what is this? Why are we getting two birds? Why do we have birds to begin with? Why not just the normal ox sheep that we used to? Why birds to begin with? Why does one get slaughtered and one live? Why do we use an edes, which is a tall cedar tree, and grass, which is very small? And then why ultimately does a pasuk say you take that last bird that's live and you send it out to fly away? What's this procedure? What are we saying with this? So we're going to answer it. It's going to take us some time. When you say the words to talk, it means two very different things. For some people to talk or to speak means they're taking their inside all that they know and all that they develop and all of their knowledge and all of their learning and all of their experience and they're expressing it in speech. It's taking their deep inside out. And then there's another form of talking. The other form of talking is basically just talking, almost brainless, just words are coming. You ever hear a three-year-old talk? He says cute things, he's repeating stuff, he hears things someone else said, and just words are coming out. It's completely from the outside, like there's nothing, there's no depth, there's no meaning, there's no thought, there's just talking. I'll give you an example. People used to hear the news from Walter Cronkite. Walter Cronkite was considered the most trusted man in America. You know how he became the most trusted man in America? He spent from 1935 to 1962 developing in journalism, almost 30 years of developing his trade, of covering World War II and so many other areas of the world. So by the time he became the news anchor on CBS, he was Walter Cronkite. He was a man that I should be listening to. And it's true about even 30 years ago, wasn't it Dan Rather? He was a man who, you know what he covered? He covered Nixon, he covered Watergate, he covered a White House correspondent for years, he covered Vietnam. So in 1981, at 50 years old, with almost his whole life in journalism, it made sense that he was the news anchor for the evening news. Just recently, you had a man named Rush Limbaugh pass away. Rush Limbaugh was, you know, he was kind of the authority for Republican opinion. I don't mean to be talking politics, but you'll get my point. If you don't know where I'm going yet, you will very soon. He was a journalist from when he was a kid. He worked in Pennsylvania. He worked in Pittsburgh. He worked in Wisconsin. He worked in Kansas City. He worked in Sacramento. He worked in New York City for 20 years until he became the number one voice on radio. Today, anybody with a mouth just talks. Anybody just talking, just spewing stuff. Anybody. You know what they're talking about. Just anybody talks. Go on the internet. Anybody's talking. Everybody's got stuff to say. It's all over the world. Journalism is gone almost because just everybody, how do you get your news? You just get it from stuff that is sent to you, WhatsApp, emails, Instagram, just little clips, little stuff from random people. Guy became a journalist two weeks ago. He's already telling you stories about world wars and things like that. Just anybody talks. 
The first time we see the concept of speech in the Torah is when man was created. The Pasuk says, Hashem blew into him a soul, into man, into Adam Harishon, a soul. By he Adam Lanevish Hayan, man was now a living being. The Targum on that Pasuk says, God now blew into man, into his nostrils, blew in a soul, and Behabem Ruach Mimalela. He was a spirit that speaks, which means speech was created for a person to have deep knowledge and deep understanding and then to express that deep knowledge and that deep understanding. You're a spirit that's talking. It's not just words coming out of a four-year-old's mouth, a cute kid copying his mother. It's something that's deep. I'll give you an example. The Dubna Magi once asked, he's a famous Magi, one of the famous Jewish speakers, so to speak, of the last few hundred years. And he once asked his rabbi, which was the Gaon of Vilna, he said, how do you inspire other people? He says, I'll tell you how you inspire other people. He says, it's like if you take a big pitcher and put it on the table, and then you put little cups around that pitcher. And now you pour wine into that pitcher. And you pour, pour, pour until it overflows. And then it fills up the cups. But if there's nothing in the pitcher, there's no way to fill up the cups. He says that's how you inspire. You fill up inside with Torah and knowledge and Yirat Shamaim, And then it overflows into other people. A real leader, a real influencer is not the words, it's the being, the person becomes something special and unique of years of Torah and small experience and it overflows into other people. But an empty pitcher can't fill cups. An empty pitcher doesn't have anything to offer. The Gemara writes, in Masech Perachot, the Gemara writes, Hashem only gives wisdom to wise people. Only gives chokhmah to someone who has chokhmah. And it quotes a pasuk in Daniel that basically alludes to this point. Hashem gives wisdom to wise people. So I saw one comment to ask a good question. So one second, that's what comes first, the chicken or the egg. I have to be wise before I get wisdom. So how do I get wise in order to get wisdom? I have to, how, how does it work? The answer is says this, that what does it mean a wise person who then gets wisdom? What is that first wisdom in our Torah's view? The answer is what the Gemara says in Masechet Ta'anit is that the Torah, our Torah, is compared to water. Why is it compared to water? Because water, if you put water on this table, it'll go to the lowest place. It'll spill until it can get to the lowest place it can get to. Torah is the same thing. Torah goes to the most humble person. Torah goes to the person who says, I need to learn more. If you have the wisdom to say, I don't know, if you have the wisdom to say, I need to learn, I want to understand, that's the chokhmah. If you have that chokhmah, then you get more chokhmah. If you have that wisdom, then you get more wisdom. You know who the people are, the smartest people in the room? The people capable of saying, I don't know. I need to learn. I want to keep learning. I learned a lot. I still have a far ways to go. I learned for 30 years. I need to learn another 30 years. I need to read more. I need to understand more. I need to ask more. The Gemara Pesachim says, someone who is egotistical, wisdom leaves him. Because wisdom is, what's the prerequisite to wisdom is humility. As Moshe and Aharon, the greatest people to ever live, said, what are we? We're nothing. 
What are we? When that's your mentality, when you want to gain and you want to learn and you're humble enough to want to continue to receive, that's the kind of wisdom, that's the wisdom that gets more wisdom. I'll give you an example of the humility I'm talking about. One of the greatest past schemes since World War II, one of the greatest rabbis, lived in Israel, his name was Shlomo Zaman Orbach. He was a close friend to Chaim Vajay Yosef. He was the premier posek in Israel for a few decades. He passed away about 25 years ago, maybe more. One Friday, one, excuse me, day before Pesach, Erev Pesach, his students see him going somewhere. He says, where are you going? He says, I'm going to get advice on the wine I'm going to use tonight for the seder. Why are you going to get advice? He says, just let me do it. He goes, there's a woman in our house, a widow. So well, why are you going there? He says, I'll tell you what. Her husband used to own a wine store. And, and big people, rabbis and people like that, would go to his wine store to buy wine before Pesach. And everyone would ask him. Once he's, her husband passed away, she didn't feel knowledgeable enough in wine, so she sold the store and hoped that she'd make enough money to support her family. So she sold the store. But now, no one comes to her. So I decide that on Erev Pesach, I'm going to go to this widow's home and get advice on the wine I'm going to drink at my sedet. Rabbi, it's Erev Pesach. The whole world wants to ask you halakha questions on Erev Pesach. And you have to make your matzot. It's a special time to make it on Erev Pesach. And you're going to ask this woman who knows nothing about wine, about your wine? Yes, those are wise people. And in fact, after the holiday, he goes to do Bekata Ilanot in her, in her backyard. And the students are like, Rabbi, why do you have to go here? You know, the law is you need two trees. She only has one fruit tree. He says, I know some people say you need two trees. <laughs> knows that some people say you need two trees. He says, but I know when I make a berachah on her tree, there's a widow who's watching me from the window and becoming happy. I'd rather do two mitzvot at once. Make the berachah on trees and make a widow happy. That's wisdom. That's a person who, who's thinking. In fact, the word chokhmah, the word chokhmah, if you split it up, the word says, the koach, the power of ma, of what am I? What am I? What, what I don't know. I need to know more. I need more wisdom. I don't think I know everything at all the time. The word machshava is the same thing. It means choshev ma. He thinks about what else he can learn and what more he can learn from. Almost every rabbi in this community, in some regard, falls under that category because they spend years of their life learning and years of their life seeking more Torah, years of asking dozens of rabbis halakha questions and advice questions and Torah learning questions to gain a tremendous amount of knowledge, a tremendous amount of sacrifice went into it to not make money when most people are dying to at 19, 20, 24, 25, 28, 29 years old and to sacrifice just in order to learn. That's chokhmah. That's the wisdom that Hashem gives more wisdom to. And now all of a sudden, for the last month, our community is just listening to talking heads. Random guys get on the internet and just start speaking. And everybody's paying attention. Are we kidding? Really, what just happened? How did this happen? People that know nothing about anything are all of a sudden being listened to. And I'm not talking about those people because I think they might be well-meaning. I don't know them. I didn't hear any of it. I literally didn't hear any of it. But I work in a school that all I hear is kids quoting it. And I'm like, nobody knows what they're talking about. 
and people are just talking about things. You want to know why? You want to know why the submit surah, this person who gets sarat, you want to know he has to bring birds as a korban? Because you know what birds do? They just chirp, 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 chirp. And we're telling this guy that that's what you did. That's how you got sarat. And what we have is, I don't blame the people talking. I don't know who they are. I don't know what they're saying. But I blame the people that are listening. We're sitting there and listening again and again and again and again, repeatedly, and getting all hyped up again. They might be well-meaning people. But let me ask you a question. Would you go on a radio show today to listen to a radio show? Let's say this afternoon, 3 o'clock, whatever, 710, 770, you go on a radio show, and you listen to a guy who talks about taxes. And he never heard the word taxes until a month ago. So we're hearing people talk about agunot, and they don't even know what the word means. Literally two months ago, they didn't know what it was. We listen to people talk about tuition that have no understanding of the topic. When, and I'm not saying only listen to rabbis. I am not saying that. You know what? As a kid, I grew up, we'd be in shul, and you'd have, you know, Mr. Joe Beda, Allah Shalom, would speak. And you know what? He spent his whole life committed to chesed to this community. So when he gets up for a drive for SPH, I want to listen. Or Mr. Ralph Tower, Shalom, would get up and he would speak. He's given his whole life, all his energy, all his money, all he can to build a Torah in this community. So when he speaks, I want to listen. When a person, again, I'll listen to Walter Cronkite, Dan Rather, and Rush Limbaugh. I don't mean just rabbis. I mean listen to people that it's ruach mimalela, that it's their inside, their depth that's speaking. It's people that have chokhmah to want to learn a tremendous amount, and that's what's talking, and that's what's coming out of them. Not just talking heads. Did I say anything wrong yet? No. Go ahead. Came close to saying something. I really I mean it. I mean it very clearly. I have no. I I think that they are well-meaning. I don't know who they are. I think they're well-meaning. I didn't listen to any of it. I mean none of it because people wanted to send me stuff. I said I'm not listening because if I listen, then it means I'm talking about. Something. I'm not listening to any of it. But I am saying I'm hearing the quoted all over the place, and these are issues that are like unbelievably deep, but I'll hear someone say a comment, where have the rabbis been? I'll tell you where the rabbis have been. Where have the rabbis have been? Making sure that 99.8% of marriages are taken care of the right way. Yes, they might have missed 0.02% that maybe they didn't, weren't able to help, but thousands of agunot were helped, and thousands of people, marriages were helped. That's where the rabbis have been. But I'm going to get some guy who doesn't even know what the word means till a week ago is now going to spew about where the rabbis have been. Again, I'm here. Take me a man. And I don't want to say people that are alive because then I just said specifically people who passed away. You know what? I'll tell you the truth. When I was a young boy and I would go learn around by Diamonds Kolel and Eddie Mystery were just doing his memory. would come to the Kolel talk to us. We'd listen to him. Because you know, here's a man who put his time and his energy and his money into supporting Torah, into building Torah. He had the respect of rabbis. He listened to rabbis for many years. So if he comes and asks a question or makes a comment, I want to listen. But now just, and again, there are people, many people alive today who have earned the right to speak. Because that kind of speech is powerful speech. It's ruach it's, it's chokhmah. It comes from a tremendous amount of wisdom. It's a person who had the humility to learn and to watch from people who had great experience before them. And they watch from other lay leaders or watch other rabbis and watch how they learned and how, to, how they taught and how they spoke and watch what they did. And they learned from them over decades. 
So then now you're kind of Walter Cronkite on the topic. I want to hear you. You're the most trusted man on the issue. But some person who just grabs an iPhone, now all of a sudden, that's it. And you used to take, you know, your people around you trusted you. Then, you, you know, your family trusted you. Then your friends trusted you. Then maybe you had a class of people who trusted you. You had other rabbis who endorsed you. And then maybe you got a little stage and you got a little bigger stage and more people will listen to you. It was earned. How did this happen? We need to know the difference between speech and noise. And the difference between something that has real deep wisdom and just noise. My suggestion to the people who are doing this is, you know what? Get someone on who has a deep experience on the issue and interview them. Don't spew. Interview them. Say, what do you think? Explain to us. You have a platform. Ask people that are smart. Ask people that have chokhmah. Ask people that spent 30 years on the topic. Those are the people our community should listen to. But now I have every single kid in the community, men, women, and children, walking around about topics they don't even know what they're talking about. Can you tell me the siman in Shulchan Aruch that talks about Aguna? Raise your hand. The siman in Shulchan Aruch. You don't know where it is. So how are you speaking? Do you know what Shulchan Aruch says? Do you know what Dirama says? Do you know what Petret Shuvah says? Do you know even where the Petret Shuvah is on the page? Someone said to me, oh, Rabbi, so, so like, what's wrong? What's different? So we're hearing from here, we hear from there. I say, here's what's wrong. Because the first story you hear is 70% true. The next story you hear is 80% true. The next story is 30% true. The next story is 50% true. And you're completely confused. Why do you think Corona was the most confusing year of our life? Because every talking head grabbed an iPhone and said something. And instead of having the most experienced people giving us their point of view, every guy had an opinion. Everywhere you went, everyone felt the whole country should listen to me. Literally, 20-year-olds felt the whole country should listen to me. I haven't figured out. I am the doctor. I'm the person who knows. What are you talking about? There's two pesukim that capture the essence of chokhmah well. One pasuk is what is a person, meaning, who are you? When that's your mentality, when I say, who am I? I don't deserve, what wisdom do I have? Where do I come, well, I, I need to learn more. That's the first element of wisdom. And then the second element of wisdom, which we didn't yet discuss, is when I speak, the other ma, I'm gonna raise how awesome are you, Borei Olam? So first of all, how weak am I? How Low am I? How much knowledge do I need to get? And then my, how great is Hashem? That's wisdom. Hashem says the person who puts himself low, doesn't mean beat yourself up, but a person says I need to learn more, and I need to know more, and I need to seek more. That person who has that ma, ultimately is able to do the other ma, is able to elevate Hashem. Hashem says if you have the first chokhmah, I'll give you the second chokhmah. That's what the Gemara means. I only give wisdom to people who have wisdom. If you have the first wisdom, which is the humility to want more, then I'm going to give you the second wisdom, which is the ability to elevate Borei Olam. And we know people with that chokhmah. We have rabbis in this community who are experienced for 50 years in topics. Let's hear from them. Because when they speak, you see humility and elevation in one shot. When they talk, when they give us their experience, they're often telling us about stories from rabbis that lived 50, 100 years ago. 
That chokhmah leads to real chokhmah. But just talking leads to nothing. You know what's funny? One of the things that was brought up in the last month is like the tuition crisis. Let me ask you a question. Like, this was never around before? Yes. That was the first time you heard about it. People say, Rabbi, what are you going to do about tuition? What? The first time you heard about tuition was March 1st? Like, this not, we're talking about tuition for years. Do you know what the core of the tuition crisis is? Here's the core of the tuition crisis. Every parent in this community wants tuition, wants education at the top level for prices that are as small as possible. And you want to drive a Bentley for $300 a month. That's what parents are looking for. Oh, and by the way, they want to give their kids an iPhone with no filter. They want to have four TVs in their house with 7,000 channels. They want to have four computers with internet all over the place, social media connected to everywhere. They want to go on vacation four times a year, four times without the kids, four times with the kids. They want to take them to deal, give them no tour down in the summer. They want to, and they want that kid who's up till three in the morning watching Netflix to be educated and inspired for 50 cents. Doesn't happen. That's the tuition crisis. Everyone knows we have a crisis. We've been talking about this crisis for years. Of course we have a problem. There have been a lot of experienced leaders in this community who are working on it. Even now as we speak, they're working on it. And it's difficult. Because how do you give this level of education? And don't tell me you don't care about this level of education. I work in a school and I know what the parents want. You want this level of education. How do you give it for this price? How do you have these programs and these college preparation and these rabbis inspiring your kids and these different things that all night, these things, and at the same time, this is how you do it. It's, it's a math problem. So if someone says, wow, it's a problem. 5,000 plus 5,000 equals 10,000. What are we going to do about it? I don't know. That's what it is. Secular education, Judaic education, and all the programs that you want, math equals the numbers that it equals. So I'm not solving it here. Maybe one day we'll talk about it in the class. I'm not solving it. I'm just saying, I'm listening for some inexperienced guy talk to me about education, talking about tuition. And I really don't mean to shamble. I really don't mean to shamble. I mean to shamble us. I mean to shamble us listeners who are buzzing about it and talking about it. I don't know. When my kid talks, I laugh. It's cute. Maybe I get entertained and I move away. I don't sit and say, you know what? What did Moshe say? What does he mean? Is he right? Is he wrong? He's seven. I don't know what he is. That's what? Right. And that's the point. We're supposed to know which voices we listen to and which voices are maybe entertainment at best. And I know some good came out of it. That doesn't justify. Good, good comes out of everything. That doesn't mean that necessarily everything is now justified. That we just have a community who's basically in chaos for the last two months. Complete chaos. Can't talk to anybody because they're all over the place because they're listening to chirping birds. And again, I'm not talking about anyone specific because I don't know who I'm talking about. I just know what I'm hearing from kids. Speech in our Torah is considered one of the most powerful things. I don't know if you know this. But if a person, God forbid, hits their parents and hurts them, that means makes them bleed, they're punished by death. But if someone curses their parents, they're punished by a worse death, sekila. 
because words in our Torah are worse. Balak came to try to challenge the Jewish people, he was punished. Bil'am used words to try and curse the Jewish people, punishment was much worse. In fact, this law in the Torah, you're going to have hard to digest. If a person, God forbid, abuses a girl, and I don't want to explain it further, he has to pay 50 kesef, whatever that means. But if he's motzi shemra, if he spreads bad rumors about the girl, he has to pay 100 kesef. That means the punishment is worse. Our rabbis tell us that there are four groups of people that are not mikabel panei shechinah. Four groups of people that literally don't greet God after 120. Who are these four groups? One is katletzanim, the people who are mock everything. The other one is katchanefim, the people that are that flatter people that don't deserve flattery. Number three is kat misapre lashonara, the people that speak lashonara all the time. And the four is kat shakranim, the group of liars. So the group of people that flatter, that lie, that speak lashonara, and that mock everything, those people will never greet the Shekhinah. And often, you turn on the internet, and I'm talking about not people that you anywhere. You turn on the internet, turn on social media, and you have all four groups in one shot. And this is who we're listening to. People, Hashem says, when they get to Shemayim at 120, I'm not even going to greet them. You know, we've lost our appreciation for speech completely. I'll tell you exactly what I mean. For years, I've wanted to give a class about foul language. I've always wanted to always, oh, I give a class this week about foul language. And I never do. You want to know why I never do? Because I know it's worthless. No one would listen to me, not one. Because usually when I give a class, my message is, do this so it'll enhance your life. Like, keep Shabbat, your life will be better. Pray to Hashem, your life is, is more meaningful. Learn Torah, you have more understanding and more knowledge. Treat your parents well, whatever. Everything is somehow how, it, how it's like beneficial and beautiful to live that life. What do I tell a person? Don't use foul language because you command more respect. It's not true. Nobody cares anymore. You could use blatant bad words and nobody cares. Everyone gives you the same respect because speech doesn't mean anything in the world anymore. Say whatever you want, say it how you want, and it doesn't matter. So if that's the kind of respect we're looking for, just attention-grabbing respect, bird respect, noise-making respect, then the truth is you could use any word you want, you could flatter, you could lie, you could speak Lashon Hara, you could do whatever you want. But if you want the respect that our Torah gives, and respect that's earned as a Torah Jew, that comes from a deep inside. You can't just earn it in a second. That comes from work. That comes from growth. That comes from a tremendous amount of humility and a lot of years. That comes from wisdom to learn and to learn and to learn, to go from this chokhmah to that chokhmah. I still remember the first time I moved to Brooklyn and the first time I heard a girl curse. I mean, it was in an office somewhere, right outside, and a girl, maybe 16 years old, used a foul word, and I was like, walked out, I said, whoa, girls don't speak that way. <laughs> I pretty much haven't made that comment since, because girls do speak that way. The class and the dignity that a woman is supposed to have, left, no one cares. You could speak that way, you'll earn respect, people will love you, people will listen to you, people will watch you, people will follow you, people will marry you, people will let you be the mother of their kids, got no problem. Because words, as so today, is so much different than what it was 
30 years ago. 30 years ago, in the Torah's view, words are ruach mimalila. It's your spirit and your essence and your wisdom that's speaking. If those are, that's what your words are, then they're carefully chosen and they're carefully picked. And you watch how they come out of your mouth and you watch the thought that's behind them. And you're careful when you use them and you're careful which words you use. But if words to you are just noise, just attention grabbing, bird chirping, then you say whatever you want. And that's why I never spoke about it, still not going to speak about it. Because in the end of the day, if I gave a whole class on that topic, someone, everyone's going to look at me and say, Rabbi, like you're living in 1983. You're literally still listening to Walter Cronkite. Like it's not, a, no one cares anymore. We, the pasuk we use when the Jewish people were leaving Egypt is, Velo yachlu lehit mamea. The Jewish people were no longer able to wait. Lehit ma mea. How do you spell me ma ma? Lehit ma ma. Excuse me, I said the word wrong. Lehit ma ma. How do you spell lehit ma ma? What's the end of the word? Ma and ma. Which means Hashem says, My nation in this country can no longer accomplish and They can no longer accomplish the chokhmah and the chokhmah that they need to. They can no longer accomplish the understanding of the humility they need to have plus the elevation that they're supposed to create with their wisdom. They're not going to get it anymore in Egypt. And the truth is, the country we're in, this lifestyle we're living right now, again, there's a lot of people who can walk out of here are going to watch you and say, I don't know what you're really saying. It's fine. I'm being entertained. Who cares? Again, because if you don't get chokhmah, you're not going to get chokhmah. If you don't understand what speech is meant to be, you're not going to know how to differentiate between speech and talking noise. So therefore, here's the korban we give this man who got sarat. Here's the korban we give him. Two birds. We take the first bird and we slaughter it. We say, we want you to humble your chirping. And then we take the a cedar tree, which is tall and proud, and we take a grass, which is humble. And we put the two together. And we say, we want you to take that, that ego that you have and, and, and slaughter it, just like we just slaughtered this, this first bird. We want you to take it and minimize yourself like grass. Become humble. If you're able to do this and quiet the chirping, then the second bird, we could send out and let it fly away and soar as high as it can. Because once you have the skill of the first chokhmah, of the humility wisdom, then you're then going to have the ability of the elevating wisdom. Wisdom isn't reserved for certain people. It's not even reserved just for rabbis. Wisdom is for out there for anybody. But it starts with the mentality. If you could sort of slaughter the first bird, then you can elevate the second one. If you can know how to cut down the tree and act like grass and have the humility of grass, then your words can soar. So everyone has a right to wisdom. Everyone has a right to a voice. It's not certain people that have a right to a voice, but earn it first. Delve into the topic for a long time before you speak about it. Listen to people that are experienced, that are rich in the words they're using. Listen to people who, when they speak, their spirit is talking. Their inside is talking. Again, people want to get on the internet entertained. Let them do whatever they want. They're allowed to entertain. And even if they're helping, maybe they are helping. But for your brain to listen to it, 
You need to have that discerning brain that knows the difference between wisdom and noise. And our community to think that we had a whole community of smart people, of men, of women, of children, of adults, of learned people, of people that have experienced sitting and buzzing about things that are said with almost very little thought is unbelievable. Is my point clear enough? Can I end with one last little story about this of Shlomo Zaman Because I think he's an incredible rabbi. Well, you want me to clarify something? Two stories. I don't know if I have two stories. This Rabbi Orbach was, I'm just hoping that I didn't say anything that's going to come out that's like, you know, watch some person's going to get a little clip of what he said. And he said they're talking birds and he's going to send it to someone. Okay. The same characteristic in this rabbi again. There was a wealthy man in Israel who used to give out a tremendous amount of charity. Okay? And then he lost all his money. So all the rabbis whose organizations he gave to, they all, like before the holiday, they all called him just you know, to cheer him up because he was a great man, a wonderful man. Cheer him up, thank him and all that for all the years and so on. This rabbi, Shlomo Zaman Orbach, the rabbi I told you about before, called the rabbi's secretary. Huh? Why are you calling the rabbi's secretary? So I'll tell you why. Because every year before Pesach, this rabbi's secretary would be the most popular man in Israel because everyone would need money before the holidays, so they'd all be calling him. Now that the rabbi has no money to give out, means no one, the secretary, has nothing to do. So the secretary has nobody calling him. So I want to speak to the secretary to cheer him up before the holiday. You get what wisdom is? Do you understand what wisdom is? Wisdom is, I'm going to stop, I'm going to think, I'm going to be thoughtful, I'm going to be careful what comes out of my mouth. I'm going to be careful to ask questions of leaders, of people who are experienced in Torah or experienced in life, and more likely I'm going to ask people that are both or both kinds of people. That's what wisdom is. And that's the kind of wisdom I want to hear. And that's the kind of wisdom we have to train our families to listen to. So you see your kid watching something and commenting, say what? You joking? And I saw this little quote, I don't know who it's even from. Never try to be clever. Never try to be clever. Always try to be wise. Respect others, even if they disrespect you. Never seek publicity for what you do. If you deserve it, you'll receive it. If you don't, you'll be attacked. In any case, goodness never needs to draw attention to itself. In life, never take shortcuts. There's no success without effort and no achievement without hard work. Keep your distance from those who seek honor. Be respectful, but none of us is called on to be a looking glass for those who are in love with themselves. It's a powerful comment. But our Torah says, and our Gemara says, that we give wisdom to those that are wise. The message to the man of God, Sarat, is good. You made a mistake. Now slaughter the first bird, and then let the second one slaughter to the, um, fly to the highest heights. Thank you very much. Thank you very much.